0: Welcome to Pudo Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro Columnist, and I'm joined by
1: Greg Jefferson, Business Editor and Columnist.
0: This is our first podcast of 2021. I hope the new year is treating you well. And uh, there's definitely a lot going on uh, uh, in politics right now. I wanted to start off uh, with a little bit of a Of of national news, which, uh, you know, is is certainly affecting our our community. Um, And uh, the big story of the weekend was President Donald Trump's phone call to the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, who, like Trump, is a Republican. And uh, Trump has been unhappy with the the Secretary of State there because he feels he hasn't done enough to try to um, um, help Trump uh, flip the other results of the election. Trump has argued that there was fraud there. There's never been any sort of uh, evidence of widespread voter fraud there, and the Secretary of State has said that. But Trump uh, got into a very uh, testy phone call with him over the weekend, and Raffensperger was primarily just listening and, and offering sort of very brief disagreements with Trump. But at one point, Trump uh, said, uh, "I need you to find eleven thousand seven hundred eighty votes, which is would be the 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 amount that Trump would need to to to." Uh, to win the state. And, uh, he, he basically kind of of threatened him and, uh, uh, you know, browbeat him and said, people hate you and they hate the governor there because of what, you know, you haven't done enough to deal with this. And one of the interesting things about this is that, um, for, for the most part, the, uh, Texas Republicans in both Congress and the legislature have been kind of, uh, pretty silent about this. But, um, Joe Strauss, the former, uh, Texas Speaker of the House and a San Antonian put out a statement yesterday when the story broke and said uh, Donald Trump is trying to dismantle our democracy by seeking to invalidate an election he lost. Anyone who supports this effort is demonstrating a disregard for the US Constitution, the will of the American people the sanctity of the electoral process, and the rule of law. So Greg, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on the Trump phone call right. <laughs> and, and, and Joe Strauss's response uh, to it. It was a pretty quick response that he, that he put out.
1: Right. I mean, the, the, uh, the phone call itself was pretty bald. But I mean, it's, it's, is anybody surprised by this? I mean, if you listen no. to the audio, I mean, yeah, it's, it's exactly what we've come to expect from the president. You know, it's borderline criminality, uh, threat, you know, alternately threatening, cajoling, flattering, but mostly threatening. Right. Uh, the Georgia Secretary of State. Uh, and yeah, uh, Joe Strauss's, uh, it's funny that uh, a tweet in favor of the rule of law counts as courageous <laughs> these days, but it does. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm for a Republican. I mean, it, you know, you, you read that and immediately you wonder, uh, is, is he really interested in, in running for another uh, office as a Republican? I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't seem so. Uh, but yeah, like I, uh, I read the tweet and like, I, I don't like many tweets, uh, but yeah, I hit like on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I mean, it, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, it's like, yeah, that's, that's what every every recognizable Republican leader should, should be saying right now. Yeah. Uh, And and the fact that they're not brings us into sharp relief. I mean, you know what, like I said, I mean, it it shouldn't be courageous, but it is. Uh, And, you know, he should, he should be recognized for that. Joe Strauss should be. Yeah. And even before we get into like the, you know,
0: the, uh, the, the, you know, the contents of the phone call, I mean, the, just the idea of the president of the United States, uh, leaning on a secretary of state, making a phone call, uh, and, 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 and about the particulars of how the election w- was handled. I mean, this is really not something that, you know, presidents have been doing when it comes to their, uh, their, their election mm. to, to be, to be telling people how, you know, and there was a fascinating moment where, Trump said uh, something like, uh, I, "I hear that you know, Dominion's. Uh, I, the rumor is that Dominion is like they're they're taking their machines out of there so that no one can can see them, and and uh, and they're and people are shredding ballots. And what are you hearing about that? And and then says, no, that's not happening.' And then later in the conversation, Trump says, you know, they're taking their machines out and they're shredding ballots.' I mean, it was it was basically it's like s- I, I'm not listening to anything you're saying
1: because I've already yeah, made yeah, up and my not mind. You know? that. I mean. Yeah. Like his, his, at one point his response was like, okay, well, so they're not taking the machines. Are they taking the guts of the machines out? Because <laughs> right. I heard they're doing that too. It's like, That's it was right. just absurd. It was, it was insane.
0: And when you have a president who should have access to, you know, as more information, <laughs> more, you know, with greater uh, information with greater accuracy than anybody else uh, uh, it's all available to that to the president and he's saying well i'm hearing rumors that you know and it's it's it's, it's right. so much of what he does about like i'm hearing rumors but uh, another uh-huh. you know this is all happening uh of course against the 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 backdrop of the certification of the election that's going to happen on wednesday mm-hmm. uh congress is going right. to uh, is, is supposed to do that tuesday we have uh a Georgia special election where two U.S. Senate seats are on the line and that's going to determine whether, uh, you know, which party controls the Senate. So a lot's going on uh, in Georgia yeah. and 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 across the country. And one of the things that's interesting to me is, you know, Ted Cruz uh, was campaigning in Georgia yesterday. He was asked about the Trump phone call, wouldn't talk about it. Uh, he has, mm. he's one of 11 senators who's who has said that he will vote to block the certification of Joe Biden's victory uh, on Wednesday. And, and one thing that has, has been kind of interesting lately for me is that uh, US Representative Chip Roy, whose district includes part of San Antonio, he's, he's a, a, a Cruz protege. He was his chief of staff um, and Cruz helped him get elected. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's parted with Cruz a couple of times recently with, with regard to this election. One of them was when Tru- Cruz offered to Argue in front of the Supreme Court a case that was uh, that had been filed by uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, which was basically Ken Paxton trying to throw out the results of four Mm. other states. It was a ridiculous lawsuit and never got anywhere. But Cruz was offering to 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 argue that, and Chip Roy said uh, publicly said, uh, you know, we he's I think Chip Roy is. is, among other things, he's he's a kind of a, a states' rights purist, and he's saying that we, one state doesn't have the right to be challenging the results mm-hmm. of other of other states. And so, mm-hmm. now with Cruz saying he will uh, uh, vote to 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 block the certification of, of the election, uh, Chip Roy said, "Well, I'm concerned about uh, you know the way mail-in voting was in, was uh, uh, increased in some of these states, and I think it was done recklessly and so on. But there is no constitutional role for Congress." Mm-hmm it's the state legislatures who certify the electors congress has no constitutional role in that so i'm not going to do that so i don't know, i was i was just hmm. curious what your thoughts are i mean he he's not he's not really disagreeing with the president or with with ted cruz on the the substance but he's saying this is this is not the this is the the, the taking on this role is unconstitutional
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we're reached. You know, we've we've reached a point in this crisis, and I mean, this is clearly a crisis where it's you know Republican lawmakers can no longer just thread the needle. I yeah. mean, <laughs> you can't you can't argue both sides. At some point, you're going to have to come down on whether to to certify Biden's victory or not, and it seems like Representative Roy has reached that point, and he's you know he's concluded. No, I mean the rule of law respect for the constitution has has to prevail. Uh, I also wonder about uh, the politics in his district. Uh, you know mm-hmm. clearly you know Wendy Wendy Davis uh, you know he he got past her in the general election. But You know, I mean, it's not a hard right district. (laughs) I mean, is this is this a recognition that maybe maybe the, the demographic composition of his district is changing? The politics is changing. It's less red than it had been. I mean, I think that's a possibility.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think I think what you the the actions of a lot of uh, the politicians and particularly on the, on the Republican side lately have been about whether you you have a greater fear of getting primaried or whether you have a greater fear of losing a general election. And I don't think he probably right. has much to worry about in a primary, but he he probably right. has does have to be a little careful when it comes to the general election. So that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to yeah, talk yeah. a little, a little bit about the what's what's going on with the 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 COVID nineteen vaccination, which is we're a couple of weeks into that, and um, the on December 29th, last week, the the state sort of expanded the list of of people who are eligible to receive the vaccine. Now, we have previously it just been one A, which is you know mm-hmm. frontline workers, residents of long term care facilities, and Last week, they uh, opened it up to 1B, which is anyone 65 or over, and then people 16 or over who have, you know, chronic medical conditions. So right. um, this was a surprise to the uh, localities in Texas, and there is, is, has been some confusion and chaos with this. Um, mm-hmm. I know in, in San Antonio, we've been hearing that there there wasn't enough uh, there weren't enough doses of the, of the vaccine. I've, I've heard just anecdotally about people who were in 1B, you know, making appointments, going and being told we can't take you now. Uh, Apparently beginning this week, uh, university of health system will uh, be taking appointments for people in the 1B category. And so that will, that will happen. But I I think, uh, one of the things that, that was interesting to me, I didn't realize this, but when, but, uh, um, Eric Walsh, the city manager, in, in a memo that he put out uh, on Sunday, pointed out that if we include one one B uh, as as the eligible part of the eligible group for this, that basically now sixty percent of the of the city of San Antonio is eligible now for for the vaccine, and and clearly we're not at anywhere close to. The plan had been we'll move to one B in March. We knew that we weren't going to have enough vaccine this early. So now the the, commu- the city is in a, in a uh, or the providers are in a position where. Sixty percent of the community is eligible, but we're nowhere close to that with uh, with uh, the doses of vaccine. I mean, right. what, I what mean, do you make in, of what's you, going on?
1: You've got kind of a logistical logjam. It 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 seems. I mean, you had you know, uni- University Health uh, had what what it was something more than seventeen thousand uh, spots open for. I believe it was phase one B appointments. Yeah to start vaccination and those filled up like fast. So yeah, I mean, the demand is high, uh, capacity is limited and it's, you know, in some ways it's not surprising, uh, that, you know, you're, you're not, you're not vaccinating, uh, the population as quickly as, as you'd hope. I mean, to say that 60% of the population could be vaccinated is a, is a far cry from actually getting them into offices or HEBs or Walgreens to get it done. You know, I think, um, I think, you know, like all processes like this, uh, it's going to be a bit chaotic in the beginning, but it should smooth out, you know, over the next couple of weeks. The problem is we're, you know, we reported what nearly 2000 new COVID, yeah. n- new COVID cases yesterday. That's a new record from, you know, a, a date in December. Uh, so, I mean, all of this is happening in, in a backdrop of crisis with a, right. a huge spike of COVID-19 underway.
0: Yeah. And I've also heard, you know, just anecdotally about, you know, people who are working at long uh, term care facilities who are declining mm-hmm. to, to receive the vaccine. Um, right. and I don't know, I don't know how widespread that is, but, uh, you know, I, Again, the, the, you know, these, this is not a mandatory thing. This is a, you know, people are being encouraged to take it and it's being made available mm-hmm. on a certain schedule. But it, it, from your perspective, is there anything that are, you know, top elected officials, either Mayor Ron Nuremberg or County Judge Nelson Wolf, is there anything they can do to smooth out this process or bring a little more, you know, cohesiveness to it? I mean, is, it, it, I mean, it seems like we're, we're basically, we're, the way the, the system has been set up, uh, throughout the mm. state is that, you know, it's private providers doing, you know, administering this and they're, there's, pro, there's probably, there's price right. I mean, differentiation would, from one place to another.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, you would hope that, and it, you know, it, it, it seems like it would be a bit late for this, but you know, you would hope that our, uh, elected leaders in San Antonio would have gotten together and coordinated a smoother rollout between the providers, uh, you know yeah. a, a vaccination whether it's you know clinics hospitals HEBs, whatever yeah. uh, i don't know that they've actually done that it, it doesn't doesn't appear to be the case uh and you know maybe it's worthwhile convening now but it you know we're we're pretty well into the beginning mm-hmm. of this vaccination you know we're on phase 1b now
0: yeah and after a couple of weeks i mean just on a national level we were mm-hmm. at, at a pace of vaccinating people, where it was said that it would take ten years to get everybody vaccinated, which I think we're we're doing a little better now. It's it's the it's speeding up a little bit, but
1: that was I think pretty yeah, disturbing
0: yeah. To, to you know to hear that. Um, I wanted yeah, to yeah. pivot to to uh, discussion of the economy. Your last column for twenty twenty uh, year twenty twenty hmm. was kind of a, a forecast of what this coming year will will look like. I mean, what what do you what should people expect uh, from the uh, the local economy?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the, what's in, the, in my column, by the way, was based on uh, the work of five business reporters in right. in uh, San Antonio, SA Inc. The entire last issue was devoted to, you know, we took five industries, you know, basically uh, San Antonio's big five and just kind of looked at what's ahead for them. And what, what we found was, uh, you know, there are sectors of the economy that, I mean, you can just you you can't even say they're recovering because they never really suffered greatly. I mean, if you take just look at the real estate market, mm-hmm. just in terms of housing, I mean, it's it demand is going nuts. It it seems as if you know there was maybe maybe a little stumble in the housing market uh back in april and may but that recovered quickly and it's just come roaring back mm-hmm. uh, that's it's not entirely organic i mean that uh, that has to do with the fact that you know we've got mortgage mortgage rates at you know n- near zero mm-hmm. and you've got you know people who have been shut up in their homes for you know nine months now they're, you know, they're not returning to the office quite yet. And, you know, they're seeing that they've got, they've got greater, you know, they need more space than they needed before. Uh, right. Because a lot of people, you know, a lot of office workers, even when their office is reopened, they're not going to be there full time. I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of businesses that are going to be, you know, they'll have a uh, kind of, basically pe- workers coming back to the office and shifts and and you'll be working from home part of the time. So the need for more space is also driving this in addition mm-hmm. to, uh, near zero interest rates. Uh, and then you look at, you know, banking, which has held up, uh, pretty well. Uh, they, you know, after, after you had this big glut of PPP loans, the you know paycheck protection program loans uh, to small and mid-sized businesses and some large businesses uh, back in the spring uh, you know their attention turned to okay their business clients with loans are they you know are these going to be troubled loans and what they've found generally is that their their business customers have held up pretty well you're not seeing a lot of loan defaults mm-hmm. you're not seeing a lot of uh, loan payments it's interesting uh, so they've they've held up well and then if you look at the tech sector uh, they've done they i mean they never had <laughs> they never had yep. a downturn yeah i mean you know a lot of they weren't affected uh, by this, the right? app yeah, exactly. I mean, with more people living more of their lives online, you know, the app makers among them, the software makers, they were doing quite well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the robotics and artificial intelligence firms, they're doing really quite well now. Uh, just because, I mean, there's there's going to be a greater demand for both AI and robotics going forward in, you know, just in terms of factory work and in terms of warehouse operations. Because now employers, they're saying, okay, well, we got we got stung by a pandemic one time. And I've noticed that robots are rather immune to COVID. <laughs> so we're going to use more of these and a little more AI. um So yeah, I mean that those firms have done pretty well. Cybersecurity, which which is another large, you know, it's a large part of San Antonio's technology industry. You know, they've they've not done quite as well as the robotics and software firms, but they've done pretty well because you still have you know you still have computer networks that need to be protected and maintained. Sure, but then I mean, what you've got is is an economy where you know. Those with who are already earning higher incomes and have higher education, they're doing okay, if not if not well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you've got you've got the lower educated, lower skilled workers who are doing terribly. I mean this this pandemic has really exacerbated uh the city's problem with income inequality mm-hmm. i mean you know just look at the the industry that that sustained the most damage which is the hospitality and leisure industry yeah. i mean that made up 13 percent of uh, the city's workforce you know before the pandemic and it sustained huge job losses. I mean, the industry is, right now, it's down about 30,000 jobs from where it was a year ago. But at one point in April, it was over 100,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. was, you know, it was a devastating blow. And, you know, these are workers who don't, you know, they didn't have a lot of savings. They don't have, you yeah. know, they a lot of them lack health insurance. They were, you know, they were gar- barely getting by before and uh it's gotten like so much harder since then uh so it's a really you know it's it's a really split economy right now
0: i was talking to somebody who uh, a club owner who uh was involved in trying to get money for you know live music venues uh in the, mm. in the latest uh, stimulus and they got they were able to get 15 billion dollars he was talking about how you know he would have would have been inclined to just keep the, 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 club shuttered because that, you know, it really didn't make sense to keep it open in, 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 in this right. climate they were in, but he had employees coming to him saying, you know, could you please open, you know, just open it up because, you know, just they, they need whatever work they could get. And it's kind of a, uh, you mm. know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, a financial loss for him, but he's doing it just out of, um, you know, concern for employees who are just, who are really struggling. And I mean, and that's, I'm sure that's just, this is the dilemma. I'm sure a lot of, uh, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: right yeah. Now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, y- you know, so the the overwhelming majority of of businesses in San Antonio are small businesses. A lot of them have been around, you know, for, for quite a while. They have, you know, they have a pretty static workforce and they become like family. And it's, you know, it, it's impossible sometimes to keep everybody on the payroll. You just don't have enough money. And without any kind of, you know, like if, if you, if for some reason you couldn't participate in PPP back in the spring, Mm -hmm. I mean, you had to break up the family basically. And even with PPP, I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're well past that and it's, you know, business owners are having to make some really difficult, uh, decisions about staffing. Um, you know, are they going to let people who've been working for them for years, go? I mean, in in Mm. a lot of cases, the answer is yes. Like if you want, if you want the business to survive, you're going to have to reduce payroll. And even at that, you know, we, we don't know, uh, you know, how many small businesses are just going to fold, uh, before all of this ends. Yeah. Well,
0: um, before we wrap things up, I wanted to just uh, briefly uh, talk about the the upcoming council races. We're we're really at, at that mm-hmm. point where we're we're gonna all that's gonna start heating up, and up to now we've just had candidates uh, filing uh, treasury reports and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Already, it's, you know, it's, it's still early, but I, I, I can say with confidence that, that the race that it, is, it will probably end up intriguing me the most is uh, Council District 3, where uh, uh, the out, outgoing council member, Rebecca Villagranas, is term limited. And uh, we're, we're, as of now, five candidates have, have filed uh, to right. run there. And the, one of the candidates is the outgoing councilwoman's sister. Phyllis Viagron, and uh, mm-hmm. we also have uh, the race will also feature Tomasi Uresti, the former state representative, who's also the, the brother of former state senator Carlos Uresti, who's who's serving time right now on multiple felony sure, th- yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, well, I mean, Tomasi Resti
0: got voted out of office, you know, right kind of in the middle of his his brother's. Uh, Scandal. Right. I think it was in the middle of the trial. And so, um, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not an easy time, you know, for someone with the last
1: name Uresti to be uh, uh, running. Although Albert yeah, Uresti Albert, got, got arrested. Got Albert, Albert Uresti has be, hasn't Albert Uresti become the Don of the, the, the Uresti yeah. family now? I mean, like he's, he's, he defied he's the big uh, wheel. The, gra- the <laughs> political
0: gravity there, and, and and got reelected as a, a tax assessor. But Although I
1: must say, like, yeah, I, I I've got to say though, like Albert Uresti, um, he's he's proven to be a really capable uh, tax collector assessor. I mean, he's been, yeah. he's introduced, you know, it's a good deal of innovation in, in that office. It, I think. I mean, I, frankly, I was-, I was kind of surprised.
0: I think he's, I think he's benefited from, I think that, that, that's, that's really true. And I think also, you know, the nature of the job and the way he's kind of conducted himself, he's just kind of put his head down and he's, he's been, you know, it's, it's a pretty nonpartisan uh, office yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah. And so I think he's been able to escape, um, you know, the toxicity of the, the URST name now, but, but Tomas Uresti is going to give it another run. And uh, I be, I, uh, Josh Factor, who who couldn't be with us today, is is uh, is working on a story on District Three, and we'll probably probably have something out uh, by the end of the week. But um, mm. but I was I was just curious, Greg, is I could not remember a case you might remember. Uh, has there been uh, a, a council a situation where you had a, a some a sibling <laughs> trying trying to take over for an <laughs> yeah, outgoing council yeah, member,
1: yeah, the the budding uh, Viagran dynasty, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, no, no. I mean, I was I was actually trying to think about you know I I, I was thinking about that this morning, and no, I. I you know, I don't recall a sibling trying to replace, uh, you know, a brother or sister in in council office. I mean, you know, two two clashing dynasties, if you want to call it that. I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, like the Uresti, the that would be like very very late Roman Empire dynasty, right before <laughs> the barbarians coming, <laughs> crossing the frontier. Uh, that's where that, that dynasty goes. The Viagran thing. This will be interesting to see. I, 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 don't frankly know enough about, uh, about her sister Phyllis. What, what yeah. can you tell us about
0: it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. So, but we'll, I think we're going to learn more, uh, this week mm-hmm. and I know Josh is working on that. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. it's going to be, yeah, we will, we'll, we'll be revisiting that, but just it's, it's, I think by, by nature, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Um, right. Well, thanks, Greg. And we're going to wrap things up. We'll be back again next Monday. Thank you all for for listening. I hope everyone's doing well. Take care.